Hello guys, welcome to Are You Afraid of D's on our very special Christmas party episode. Tonight I am joined by Maggie, Angelica, and my friend Lauren. Hi guys, how the heck are you? How's everyone doing? Good, thank you. How about you? I know it's past Christmas, but I still wanted to do an episode, uh, or rather should say I've been inspired by other podcasts that kind of do like a Christmas party episode where they just have a bunch of people on and they swap paranormal stories and talk about funny things. And that's what we're going to do here tonight. We've all prepared uh, one story to share and we're going to share them and then maybe play some fun party games if we have some time after that. So, um, but. I do want to uh, let Maggie make an announcement real quick, and I'm going to turn the mic over to her. Hey, okay, so I wanted to let everybody know this will be my last episode of the pod. I've had a lot of fun co-hosting with Tyler, and there's just a lot going on in my life right now. So I'm going to step down, but maybe I'll appear as a guest now and again. But certainly, this has been so much fun, and I just want to thank everybody for listening and for all the great commentary I've gotten from others about enjoying the show. Well, we are certainly going to miss having you full-time, but Maggie, like uh, you said, maybe you can hop on occasionally here or there, and uh, you're certainly always welcome back if, you know, your uh, situations and free time changes. I know it's going to be difficult for me these next few months as my work ramps up to uh, write episodes. Uh, I'm still going to try and write something for January, but work's been kind of tough. So uh, we'll see what 2024 holds for us for right now. But again, Maggie, thank you so much for being with us from the beginning and helping to shape the show into the folk-centric uh, driven uh, experience that it is. Uh, and we will miss having you here full time. Uh, but let's get to the fun stuff. So how was everyone's Christmas so far? So far, so good. Yeah, it was a weird one this year. It's a weird one for everyone, I think. But I bought myself a lot of great gifts. Uh, I bought myself Super Mario RPG. I bought myself more Lizard Men. Um, What else did I buy myself? Christmas is a time when I reflect on what I bought myself. I don't know. Lauren, did you buy yourself anything cool? I mean, uh, no. I was just actually really happy to see some of my family members, like my 96-year-old grandma. So she cries a lot, but, you know, she's 96. So it's just good that she was around for the holiday and, you know, coherent. So that was yeah, yeah. what I was pretty yeah. excited about. Um, she's a sweetheart. Awesome. I just get really sad because I don't get to see her that often. So, but my aunt uh, gets a little bit more, I'm um, like, oh, no, she's crying again. I'm like, of course she's crying again. I'm a fucking gift, okay? Like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's really excited to see me. All right, just let her let her have her feelings. She's got I a cry, lot of them. I cry <laughs> when I see you too. I know. Um, no, but it's it's a really sweet cry because she's just like really happy because I don't because again I don't get to see her too often. So, um, but yeah, I was actually more so excited about that, and uh, my parents finally remembered to give me my birthday balloon <laughs> from back in November. So, oh wow, very cool. <laughs> it's already started to lose air, but I'm still very happy. I was going to say it's it. last. It's lasted since November. Well, yeah, wow. like they last. Well, like because the helium just leaks slowly. So, uh, but they had given it to me on Thanksgiving, um, and unfortunately, it was just one of those things that I forgot to like grab when I was leaving. So, uh, yeah, my it's just I don't know. You've it's been reunited amazing. with the balloon. That's awesome. I'm well. 
you know, it's just a small thing that I'm just like, it was just nice to be thought of, you know, like, I don't I don't I know. I'd rather have that than something that I'd be like, great, I will never use this now. I'll find some place to hide it in my closet. <laughs> you know, like, I'd yeah. rather have a balloon that when it loses air, I can fold it up and put it in a memory box. God, like, I have it. It's wonderful. It was nice. Thank you. Okay. Hell yeah. Moving on. Clap, clap emoji. <laughs> Angelica, did you get something you were looking forward to for Christmas or eat anything you were looking forward to? Oh, no, because, like, my my grandparents got COVID, and then my aunt is out of the country. So it was just it was just me and like two other family members. We were kind of sitting there, unsure what to do. My mom wasn't there; she was working. I know, mom was working. Yeah, very very solemn uh, Christmases everyone had. That's uh, well, we're gonna. Uh, turn that around. We're going to have some great holiday cheer with some spooky stories. Um, and Maggie, I'm going to let you go first if you would be so uh, inclined and tell us your story. Absolutely. So mine's not even a spooky story so much as it's um, a story about Poland and specifically about a city called Wrocław. And it's a story about the gnomes of Wrocław. Um, oh yeah yeah that's right so if anyone's ever visited Wrocław you might notice pretty quickly that there's just like an unusually high amount of gnome statues everywhere like it's like when the cows are on parade in Chicago where it's like okay, you yeah. around without seeing a cow well, it's like that like it is like extremely gnome heavy so I did some research to be like what the fuck is with that anyway and like I have a little uh, write-up on that so Oh, well, we love to hear it here, this gnome-centric show. <laughs> Same mood. I love gnomes. So, legend has it that gnomes have existed in Poland for a long time. And the city of Wrocław is famous for gnomes. This is a city in the southwest part of Poland. And it's known for beautiful Gothic architecture. There's gas lamps that are uh, lit by hand every night. And then, most charmingly, there's all these gnomes everywhere. Uh, and I thought it was interesting to note, too, that in Poland, people don't really differentiate between gnomes and dwarves. They are both called krasnar or krasnoludek, and it could mean a gnome or a dwarf. And I think this is because of how mythology and folklore around these creatures kind of blended together in Poland. So gnomes are playfully referred to as being, being responsible for tending to the beautiful botanic garden in the city, and they keep watch over the city's bridges. And whenever Polish people fall in hard times in the area, one article said that the gnomes are there to help as well. So they're almost like guardians in the city. The first gnome sculpture was placed in association with a political movement. There was a movement called Orange Alternative in Poland, and it rose in Wrocław in opposition to human rights violations and censorship violations by Russia's occupation. And so they were characterized by, like, this entire, like, political movement was characterized by people wearing these orange gnome caps, which sounds so dope. Oh my like, God, what I way... love it. <laughs> right? Like, I love it. Finally, way... a political movement I can give a shit about. For real. Hell yeah. So the gnome cap pro protesters would pass out candy and flowers, and this p pissed off law enforcement. It was super peaceful, but... It was just annoying. It was like a nuisance to law enforcement. They had nothing to like pin on them, but they would just right. show up wearing like gnome caps and pass out flowers. And it drew so much attention to the movement. It eventually grew into an epic 10,000 person like 
parade, everybody in gnome hats, they were all chanting freedom for dwarves in the <laughs> streets of Rostov on June 1st, 1988, which I, oh my God, if I could go there, I was one years old, but I would so be there storming it up. But anyway, um, <laughs> this event was called the Revolution of the Gnomes or Revolucja Krasnoludków. This is like a huge political moment in Poland. And that, unfortunately, I hate to say it, this is like a overtly anti-communist political party. So I personally probably wouldn't get along with them. But uh, I don't think that that's is reflective of like gnomes and dwarves and their private political ideology. But anyway. Regardless, whether it lines up with your politics or not, I think gnomes would be really happy to see that they had a profound cultural impact. And years down the line, in 2001, the city erected a giant bronze sculpture called Papa Dwarf on the main street. And then afterward, people just started like erecting gnome sculptures and they just started to show up. And in 2005, the city actually hired a Polish artist called Tomasz Molczak. And they told him to lean in, just lean in and go crazy with the gnome imagery. And he ultimately created over a hundred gnome sculptures to tuck all over the city. Between his sculptures and then the sculptures other people brought in, and now has, the city has over 600 gnomes. And among them are really inclusive gnomes, like one that has a wheelchair. Or um, they're in all sorts of occupations. Some are just napping. One is taking their shoes off to dip their feet in the water at the side of the lake. They're all extremely creative and diverse. Uh, if you Google it, you can find entire galleries and they do not encompass all of them. I could not find any gallery that is has all of them. And this could be like the scavenger hunt of a lifetime. If someone's like a, a dwarf and gnome nerd to go to the city and try to find all of them. If you're like a, an RPG completionist. Uh, like yo, it's, it's, like like life, <laughs> it's like real yeah, life. It's like real life Ubisoft uh, collection quests between yeah. Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. Find all the gnome statues in Poland. Exactly. That's the first thing I thought. It's like, just imagine. So I started, I got a little nerdy about the artistic process that Tomas Mocek is using because I'm a bit of an artist. So it takes him three months to make every single one of these. It starts with a sketch. Then he makes a negative mold, and then he casts a silicone and gypsum gnome out of this negative mold, and he fills it with wax. He bakes it at 700 Celsius, which is like just a little under 1300 Fahrenheit, in a special oven for 12 hours. The wax will melt out, and then he pours bronze in, then he bakes it again. By the time he's done, each of these weigh about 4 or 5 kilograms, which is about 9 to 11 pounds, and they're about a foot tall. And new gnomes appear every single year, sometimes through Malchak and then sometimes through the other occupants of Rotswaf. So it's like building, you know what I mean? This is like an active scavenger hut that's expanding. And the city has a website that tracks and lists the gnomes as they appear in their locations. And there's even trips and, and tours that when you visit the city. But again, there's more appearing. Like maybe since I did this research, more of them showed up. So I think this is one of those really dope things to check out when you're in Poland. Hundred percent. So yeah, that reminds me of the Mermaid of Warsaw a bit. Um, ex aside from there's like hundreds more. Yeah, for real. I love. I'm looking at the photo of Papa uh, Krasnall right now, and uh, he's he's pretty funny looking. He definitely. Um, I don't know how to say this, but he looks Polish. <laughs> yes. Yes. In, what, in whatever way you want to take that, he looks like he could be one of my uncles. 
<laughs> Mood, I, I hear you. <laughs> he just needs a he needs a tub of head cheese to be chomping on and the you know. Yeah, and um, hoard, holding like an Okochim beer. Dog. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this Maggie, this is a fantastic story that I've that only got better as you told it. Um it reminds me a little bit of uh, again a lot of the European countries seem to be more in tune with their folklore roots. Here, I think we've seen a renaissance of like fairies and gnomes and stuff like that and popular culture and decorations and stuff. And there's, uh, I think there's a greater amount of gnome truthers out here now because it's gained popularity versus like Europe where the older generation would be like, oh yeah, they exist, you know, kind of thing, like without a doubt, you know. Um mm -hmm. But uh, it reminded me of, I think I was telling you guys about that uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse uh, storybook game I was playing. It's called Heart of the Forest. Yeah. And um, it's basically, the game is about, you play as uh, a young person who has yet to discover that they're uh, one of the werewolf Gaia's children, the loop guru, as they're called in the game. And she goes to Poland, kind of tracking down... Um, some of her ancestry but anyway she meets these werewolf uh i forget if they're called uh tribes clans that's vampire she meets these werewolves tribes and she kind of doesn't realize at first but it's like kind of her coming into her heritage but it's based around the werewolf tribes are part of a ecological group that's protesting the logging of this ancient forest called the bialowiza forest bialowiza maybe i don't know maggie the correct pronunciation oh, of it. Bialovica, I'm guessing. Bialovica. Um, and this is something that happens, I, I want to say, like seven years ago. And this is based on a real event where the European Union launched a investigation and I think an infringement procedure against Poland over tree clearing in this ancient forest that was a world heritage site i don't know what all the terminology exactly means but there was just this ancient forest that they were logging and they got in trouble for doing that and the the reflection of the the game is like you're playing as these were werewolves that are trying to stop it and you kind of make the choice if you want to do it peacefully or by force um so when you were talking about like the peaceful protests and stuff like that in the gnome story that kind of reminded me of the parallels in this story. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Very cool. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Angelica, you're up next. Tell us your story. All right. Well, oh, man, I don't even know how to begin. I guess I'll guess I'll leave it. I'll leave it with like Angelica a, um... begin like me. Fuck up five times. <laughs> Stay no. sorry, and then I'll just cut it out. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, so on February like 19, 1994, at 8.15 p.m., a 31-year-old woman named Gloria Ramirez was admitted to Riverside General Hospital in California. And within the hour, her mysterious condition would leave 23 people injured and five hospitalized and herself dead and there's no solid explanation like to this day however like of like how this happens but there's like some like some scientific stuff and like theories to like back it up but there's you know a whole lot of science that like we we may now have the answer but like it's just crazy just 
just hearing that like first beginning part of just like someone goes to the hospital and their condition leaves other people in harm, you know? Hmm. So, so what was their condition? Or is that part of the mystery? That's the thing, like they like I'll I'll go through, I'll go through. I'll All explain right. to you. Sorry, what's... I'm jumping the gun here. I'm excited. No, no worries, no worries, no worries. And like that's the thing, I don't I don't even know what her condition was. No one knows. So um so like Gloria Ramirez, she was a mother. She had a child and she was at home on that night. And um like she had liver cancer and it was already stage four. So like when when they caught it it was too late kind of thing. Okay. And by the time they discovered it, like you know, it was too late. And so six weeks later is when Gloria calls the ambulance because she's suffering from shortness of breath and mm-hmm. um whatever it is when your heart like beats, like heart palpitations. palpitations that's what, that's what yeah, yeah. Yeah, heart palpitations. And so the ambulance shows up, puts an oxygen mask on her, and the paramedics rush her to the hospital. And she arrives to the hospital at 8.15. And she just seems to be confused. And she's unable to answer questions. And she's, like, in this state of, like, delirium. So the doctors begin to sedate her. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, talking way too fast. Sedate her. And they they tried to do this to get her heart rate under control because it was beating rapidly. And after this doesn't, like, correct her heart rate, they decide to use, like, a defibrillator because it ended up, like, flatlining. And so they they opened up her shirt to apply the chest paddles, and they saw that her skin was coated in in some sort of glossy oil. Ooh. And Ooh. They, they just, like, assumed, like, they, they took note that it wasn't, like, sweat. So they were like, maybe she just put on lotion or something. Um. And they used the chest paddles anyway. And the second the strange occurrence, like, comes is that one of the nurses points out that Gloria has a very strong, like, fruity, garlicky odor coming from her mouth. And according to everyone in the room, this is, like, beyond Gloria just had some garlic bread before she came on in, you know? Like, this is, like, an overwhelming stench. (laughs) Medical condition, (laughs) garlic bread. (laughs) Yeah, no, everyone, everyone's aware of this. Garlic bread, toasted. Like, this is too much. She was at Olive Garden and just had the, the constant breadsticks, right? And she was just popping them. Yeah, so she can <laughs> that's, why, that's what ended her up there, man. So, like, they, like the, the stench becomes like a lot, but, you know, Gloria's like actively dying on the table, so they, they can't, you know, criticize her, her odor. They, mm. they got to make sure she stays alive. And so they don't have a lot of time to ask questions. So they keep pushing forward. And a nurse named Susan Kane draws blood from Gloria's arm. Mm-hmm. And she looks at the blood, like, in the vial. Because that's what they're supposed to do, you know? And they saw, like, that there was, like, well, not saw, but I guess, like, she could she could smell something was wrong with it. Like, it smelled like ammonia. That's how she described it. And so she passed it to her colleague, Julie Korginski. And Julie saw these manila-colored crystals floating in the blood. And so the two of these girls are standing there because they're they're just the nurses. Like, there's doctors that are assessing Ramirez actively. So Mm. the nurses stand aside and they're, like, examining the vial. And 
while they're discussing the disgusting while they're discussing like what what are the crystals um susan passes out and the attending physician in the emergency room um doctor i don't know his full name but it was dr o and he catches susan as she's falling asleep and he shakes her awake and like if susan says that it feels like her face is burning and julie the other person who's like now like holding the blood vial the one that was handed to it and saw the crystals says that she's feeling nauseous as well and she goes into the hallway and sits down at the nurse's station and then a nurse walks up to her and she says are you all right before julie can respond she passes out as well and at the same time the like like respiratory therapist that's there her name is maureen um like she's she's the one that's delivering like oxygen to ramirez she passes out too so three people who were in the er treating ramirez fell unconscious and everyone else in the room is starting to feel ill so they naturally like think like this this could be like a gas leak in the hospital or something so right right all the patients are like carried out on gurneys and stretchers and they just wait in the parking lot and it's also snowing outside so these people are freezing but it's you know like better to be cold than like die in there and a few other people stay in the room to work with gloria because like like they leave behind like a skeleton crew you know and at 850 gloria was pronounced dead only 35 minutes after she arrived at the hospital Uh and the people in the emergency room thought that whatever was happening they began to think like because they checked for the gas leak it was nothing they thought it was coming from gloria so a couple workers moved her to a quarantine quarantine room like just to be safe and once her body was moved into there um the woman who moved her named sally she began vomiting and she said that it felt like her skin was burning and to make sure that the hospital was safe like a team of other people in like hazmat suits came in and they investigated the emergency ring wing and they like saw that like there's no gas there's no chemical leak like it has to be gloria and so she has some kind of like some some sort of thing radiating off of her that ended up leaving 23 of the people in the hospital, like ER waiting room. They they ended up like falling sick. And the five that were hospitalized, one of them had necrosis in their knee. What? From Gloria. And they were like, there's no way. They were like, how is this possible? You know? So they sealed her up in an aluminum casket. Cause they were like, this has to be proof that like the government's making like bioweapons of people or something. And like the the they began to do an autopsy, mm-hmm. and they they were cl- like she when she was tested for like chemicals and stuff, she was clean from any chemical or radioactive elements that would have caused what happened in the emergency room. The only things they found in her system were Tylenol, which like that's fine, you know, if you have cancer, you're obviously gonna take Tylenol if something hurts, mm-hmm. and then like. All these anti-nausea medications. And these are things that would be standard for someone suffering from cancer. And, but like, 
there was one medication called Tigan Tegan, and it's important because Tigan breaks down into like a means of the blood bloodstream, and that could like like maybe be the cause of the smell of ammonia. But it doesn't explain the little crystals floating in the blood, you know? Like, it explains right. the smell, but what's all that? Or her garlic basting. Exactly. Her, her strong garlic bread breath. So, um, <laughs> they're looking for the cause of death. And it was determined that Gloria died to like due to heart complications that arose due to the kidney failure and her liver cancer. Uh-huh. And, and it seemed like the cancer, as well as the medication she was on... Had her like kidney fail. She was also going through like the early stages of liver failure, and you know it. It like it explains why she died, but it doesn't explain why twenty three people who were in the building also got sick. So after the autopsy, they reseal her body in that aluminum tin, and then five weeks later, they perform another autopsy where they collect like samples of her skin of like her blood and they try to find the vial because you're supposed to like save the blood vials you take from patients and apparently someone threw out the blood vial that had the like crystals and stuff and government <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. it's like it's like why why would you do that you know but like, like I don't know. It makes no sense why someone would throw it out. Like, they got paid aliens. by the government. That's very clear cut to me. <laughs> aliens. Government bioweapon has to be. Anyway, so the they took the samples from Gloria's second autopsy, and instead of running it through to see if they can find any like toxicants, they decided to just run it for everything and see what was mm-hmm. in her blood and tissues. And the only thing they like found besides you know the like obvious pain relief they found the first time was um a chemical known as dimethyl sulfone or now like it's like dmso2 and it's a naturally occurring chemical that can be found in like trace amounts throughout the body if you eat a lot of plants or eggs or something like okay, my mom I'm glad you explained that i had no idea what that was <laughs> i was like oh yeah dimethyl yeah. <laughs> yeah no i uh, this, i know like, what that is. is like a thousand percent found in my mom but, like, it's not enough to be, like, picked up, you know? It's not, like, ultra-mega amount. Right. So, after, like, like the, like, body, like, naturally decomposes after about, like, three days. And, like, the dimethylsulfone, like, well, yeah, yeah, it starts, I should say. Like, it oh, start. start. Was... Very good. <laughs> like, and then plus it, like, takes the, like, dimethylsulfone out. So, cell phone got it cell phone so <laughs> um like it it it's it was just like it made no sense why there's so much in the trace of her blood mm-hmm. but then it's also like how how could that like even if there is that much it it can't hurt anyone if it was like extracted like it's it's not you know anything bad and so DMSO, which is like dimethyl sulfoxide, which is like, because, you know, DMSO2 is the dimethyl sulfone. Mm-hmm. So dimethyl sulfoxide is just like one, one oxygen. And they're very similar to each other. It's just like, they're just one oxygen atom apart. And so, like, back in like the 50s and 60s, 
DMSO is like an oven cleaner, but it was thought to be able to like cure cancer, especially in the lungs and the liver. And so they were like, yo, she must have took this oven cleaner and like ingested it. And so they they like looked into it and the FDA like blacklisted it as a direct medication. But DMSO is still used in a lot of medication today. But like back in like the 60s, it was used as like a topical ointment kind of thing for like muscle pain and cramps too. But you know, is like as it was seen as like a form of cancer treatment, it was assumed that Gloria obviously tried to use it to try and like cure her cancer. And they like since it's like a very powerful degreaser for an like oven. They decided to buy some because they like just went to Home Depot or whatever. They're like, let's see, you know, what's what's going on in here? And they smelled it and they said that it had that fruity garlicky odor. So they're like, all right. So she obviously put it on her chest while she was having the heart palpitations because uh-huh. she thought like that would like cure, you know, what was happening. So all this stuff starts adding together. But then it's like, how would that have like killed anyone else? You know, it's right. like it all makes sense. The like smell. But then the crystals in her blood and, like, how that one lady got necrosis makes no sense. And so, her, like, since Gloria wanted to try this as, like, a home remedy, and they didn't know this, since they put the oxygen mask on her, this went from DMSO to DMSO2, which is the, like, elevated, like, element in your blood. But then, since they continued to add oxygen... It became DMSO4. And another interesting thing about DMSO2 is that at room temperature, it forms into small crystals. So okay. this one doctor named Dr. Grant did an experiment. He took a blood sample and mixed it with DMSO2. And sure enough, small manila crystals began to form in the serum, meaning that it could be the explanation to the crystals that Julie saw in the blood that night. Because Gloria's body's too hot to, like, form the solid crystals. Because it's like, what's our body? Like, 98 degrees Fahrenheit? Like, obviously, once they take it out, it's going to be able to, like, be solid. Right. Um. But then, like, they they were still thinking, like, how could this hurt everyone else? And once they found out that DMSO4 was also created, that was... um, It was... It was like an agent for like nerve gas and all the way back to world war one in like France and Germany, they, they tested it for use in chemical warfare. And as a matter of fact, in 1987, it was determined that like dimethyl sulfate, that's what it is. DMSO4 is so dangerous. It only takes 10 minutes of exposure to like half a gram of it per cubic meter to kill someone. And of the 20 symptoms that were reported in the hospital that night, 19 of them directly linked to the symptoms of DMSO4. The only one that wasn't linked is vomiting. But I mean, if you like smelled like ammonia and garlic, you'd probably vomit too. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't know. So, I, like that's, that's the scientific explanation for it. Right. But. So, so I'm understanding they think possibly this, homemade remedy she put on herself she made a chemical concoction that basically gassed and killed everyone in the hospital that she was brought to potentially that's one theory yeah that's that's the 
theory of it. And so they keep on like looking into it. And then as well, like this could be proof of like you can make someone like a biochemical weapon. Right. Yeah, at home. You can you can like imagine she ingested like the entire thing of DMSO4 and they put so much oxygen in, into her right. that it gassed the entire hospital, all like 3,000 patients in it. Like, that's crazy to think about, you know? It, yeah, it is crazy. Imagine just randomly dealing with that one night at the hospital. That's nuts. I mean, Maggie, have you heard of this story before or is this new? No, she did tell me this story before and I thought it was fascinating. I thought it'd be very interesting to discuss on the pod because it's like it's got all sorts of interesting things it's like a medical mystery there's some conspiracy to it there's uh right. also like a medical warning it's like don't try to cure your own cancer especially with like 60s oven cleaner remedies dog like and then of course like chemical reactions occur you don't know what you're putting on you these are chemicals like people are yeah. so afraid of like actual cancer treatment that they would do anything including like chemicals that are actually a hundred million times more dangerous as angelica said that the sure. i became from o2 to o4 as the like the, the the truncating chemical in there and then that's what made it like an aerosolized poison that killed so you know could have killed so many people it is insane well like, go ahead sorry my bad my bad it, it's just like two oxygen atoms apart like it's it's insane how how like horrible you can you can cause like a massacre with just like trying to self medicate yourself as my mom said like don't don't do that don't use oven cleaner to cure your cancer right don't eat tide pods we had to tell people not to do that uh, <laughs> yeah. you know 2 years ago so you know the more you know, Lauren what do you I'm sorry I meant to ask what you thought of either the gnome story or this story I mean, right now, the gnome story is kind of like in the back of my head, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I, uh, so I can't, it reminded me of this story that was probably like 10 years ago. And the only, and the reason that it like kept uh, popping into my head, I forget which country this was exactly. I know it was in Europe. But about 10 years ago or so, uh, there was just these random croppings up of uh, molds of dildos made of ice. And they would just show up like in parks and things like that. Like there was no explanation, and which is why it sort of like reminded me of the gnomes. Like they just pop up and people would find them and they would think they were like really hilarious. Um, <laughs> especially because there ended up being a tumbler that like was like a collection of like these random ice molds that they found <laughs> and they started naming them because what was really big in like 2013 game of thrones so they started <gasps> naming them like oh no ice <laughs> dildo a name like first of its name like and just right, yeah. these really elaborate names and it was the most hilarious thing i thought at the time um how did i yeah. miss this wow i love I, this i did not know yeah i'll have to i'll i'll have to try and find it i don't know if it's still happening um, I know that like some officials of the of the country was like, we can't like these are in parks, we can't have this. Like, what if children find them? And they're like, it'll melt. Like they don't know. Like, don't tell them. It's fine. And a lot like there was sort of this argument going on, it seemed like, of like some people just thinking it was very hilarious and other people being like, oh, you know, grasping their pearls around their neck, like, oh, 
No, sure. how could you do this? Um, well, not everyone wants to see big honking wieners everywhere, especially like, I know, but you know, they're with, melting. with kids. They're melting. Like, you can't even, like, after a while, it just, yes, it has a phallic shape. Sure. Yeah. But unless you find it, like, right away. And I don't even think they were, like, veiny fuckers either. I think they were just, like. <laughs> pretty, fairly basically sculpted. Yeah, like, it was, I mean, I, my, I, I thought it was more interesting because I'm like, who thought of this? Like, who thought of, like, just doing this and then, like, just freaking ran with it? Um, <laughs> because, you know, it had to start out as a joke or a dare, and then it just sure. escalated into, like, comedy gold. So that's what I immediately thought of when Maggie was talking about the gnomes. But I didn't want to mention that because I'm like, that's so off topic. Why no, did my brain no, go no, there? Not here. <laughs> I, 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 yes. Not here. You're like, you it's, know what? You uh, know I would your say it's on brand, me, Maggie. actually. Yeah. Dicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, should I say a game of bones? Game of oh. bones. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, yeah. No, um, we never talk about wieners or come here at all ever. Oh God, no, 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 Um, not. cool. And well, that's Angelica's a new thing story. I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. No, go and, on, Lord. Oh, I was and. <laughs> words all i was gonna say is like with angelic's story which i also was thought was really interesting but like on the opposite end of the spectrum um but it made me think of i don't know if you guys have come across the uh instagram account um i forget the actual name of it but it was uh hispanic uh, hispanics against spooky shit so oh yeah case, the, the dude that has all those yeah he's got those like pretty cool like i don't know yeah, scary videos so, yeah as soon as she said oil and y'all were going out about the Olive Garden, all I'm like, were we, are we sure it's not Vicks? I hear, I th- hear something Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one, yeah. <laughs> but like, I that's always the recommendation it... is go get your Vicks, light your Jesus yeah. candle. And you know yeah. what? And honestly, like, he doesn't have bad advice. I think. No. But what was have... that in reference to? I don't remember what the video was. Was I. F- every video, every video, like, okay, like, because every video is recommending like i understand that your whiteness is encouraging you to go investigate this don't do that though <laughs> if you see like a weird creepy hand yeah, on the tree trunk slipping away how about you get back in the fuck your fucking car and yeah. drive away from it don't go towards it why would you go towards it like or if he, yeah. it's a basement thing or you know there's just you hear whistling so on the reservation things. yeah yeah exactly he's like don't don't go investigate it don't be that white girl okay just yeah. lock your door shut your window shades sit down <laughs> go get your vix let your jesus candle talk to your abuela um abuela <laughs> you know have to tell you a nice. story like just don't don't do the thing don't do the thing that your whiteness wants you to go do like just Mind your business. Mind your business and stay in your lane. Stay in your house. Don't whistle think, back. Why would you whistle back? Don't whistle <laughs> back. Angelica, the thing I'm most concerned about is now if garlic breads will put me in the hospital. Like, that is the major <laughs> thing I'm taking away from this story. Like, if if the I... Garlic smell. Yeah, like, not that I, like, smear garlic, you know, spread all over my chest that often, but I am Italian, so, you know... <laughs> Sometimes it's just like the suntan lotion, but yeah, that's, that's really wild. So, um, and that happened in the nineties. So that wasn't like that long ago. Yeah. It's 94, I think. Right. Yeah. It was 94. I think you're severely underestimating how long ago 90, 1994 was. You're right. You're right. You you are right about that. 
Don't don't I, do the math though. That will make us sad. We are, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I think all of us are mentally stuck. Like like either in 1997 or 2000, like the timeline stopped for us, and we measure all time from like 2000. So. Yes. What was I doing in 1994? I mean, was Super Mario Land or Super Mario World came out in like 92, right, or 93? So was Yoshi's Island out yet? I don't think I so. No I idea. think that was a little bit later. You're playing Yoshi's Island, eating garlic. That's yeah. <laughs> Watch. It wasn't watching, even cooked garlic. It was just the bulb, just taking watching, the chump out of it like yeah. an apple. <laughs> <laughs> like Whoa. a good Italian boy. <laughs> like uh, like uh, uh, Kim Kardashian's kids. Did she post the video of one of them eat? Like they just eat raw onions, like apples. Did you guys oh, see that? No, oh, I did not. No. I try to stay away from anything Kardashian, but honestly. Things could be worse, right? I saw that. Yeah, like, if that's the weirdest the thing that they're thing. doing. I'm gonna let them do that. That's that's probably right. If that's the weirdest thing that they're doing, that's not that bad. I don't know. I saw that randomly. Uh, anyways, I hope that's the rebellion, just to be normal as hell. Like they're not gonna <laughs> do anything wild. They're not gonna get out of hand. They're just gonna be really normal and pay taxes. I, and that's I, gonna be their thing. I, that's, <laughs> a, that's a big ask for a lot of celebrities paying taxes. But, well, that's uh, why I said it would be the rebellion, okay? It would be. Well, Lauren, let's roll along and uh, let's get into your story for us. Okay, well, what I have for you guys today is a very exciting tale of the Yule Lads. So the Yule Lads lore from Iceland. Uh, now, the reason I thought it was interesting is because politics got involved. So... <laughs> um, just to give you a quick background before I get into all that, uh, the Yule Lads were the 13 sons of Grilla, who was supposedly half ogre and half troll. Uh, some say that she was just a troll, some say she was an ogre. Um, but her and her husband, uh, Lepaluti, who that just roughly translates to lazy husband. So he doesn't he doesn't really seem to do much. He mostly just doesn't learn, leave the cave or wherever their home was in the mountains. Um, but supposedly, she was this uh, half-ogre, half-troll, loved to eat children, especially the naughty ones. Um, and so her and her husband, when they had their 13 sons, who were supposedly also trolls or ogres or whatever, they would come down from the mountains starting on December 12th, and for the next a uh, fortnight or so, uh, until, I believe, Christmas Eve, they would look for naughty children and just spread mischief in general. So the 13 sons, I'm not going to say the Icelandic names for them because I don't want to accidentally insult somebody. Uh, so the translated names. Um, yeah, we have a lot of Icelandic listeners. that. Well, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. There could be, like... Uh, it, I, I think you wanna... should. I think you should attempt the names because they're all really funny. Well, they are really funny even in English because their names are based upon what they would do. So then I just really had some questions for Grilla. Like when you named your kids, were you just like, "This will be your life. You will be the Goli Gook." Like, well, what, what the you fuck got... does that mean? <laughs> like, I mean, you have some weird aspirations for me, mother. Like, I don't. I'm an I mean, thirteen and kids sing- is a lot of kids to name. You're gonna give up at some point and be like, "Yeah, but that like, one." I just feel like she didn't Josh even try. So, but each one would come down. They would all have their own night. 
So that was really fun. They would all have their own oh, night to spread the mischief. All right. Because yes. there's, there's 13 or 14? 13. Okay. So, and starting on December 12th, that's when they would come down. They would mm-hmm. leave their mother's cave because so, supposedly they still all live together as a happy family. Um, so, and the first one would come down and his name was Sheepcoat Claude Fay. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, but Sounds good to me. Sheepcoat Claude. Yeah. So basically what he would do is he was uh, said to steal milk from sheeps. Uh, okay. And he was also known to have two woolen peg legs no made of wood woolen woolen right. at first i thought that i had to do a little uh more uh investigation to that because at first i thought that might have just been a style for you know the 18th century uh or something like that but no it was it was two peg legs but they were made of wool um and doing further research into it it wasn't so much that he would steal the sheep's milk like you would a cow's milk oh it just happens to be in the pail it was more like he would go hang out with the sheep and just uh get it straight to the mouth so yeah yeah kind of kind of weird so that's what his name was on the 13th we had the gully gook or i'm sorry the gully gawk wow the gully gawk and he was known for hiding in gullies he was son number two um and he liked to hide on the inside of barns and steal the froth from the milk buckets. So he's a little less creepy than his brother, but uh, still pretty creepy. Um, then we had Stubby, who came on the 14th. <laughs> he was uh, abnormally short, so hence the name Stubby. Uh, Very ableist. W- all right, cool. Yeah, yeah I apologize to Apologize anyone. to all the short kings listening. Yeah. Icelandic short kings. Well, actually, well, I apologize more is for folklore once again, um, villainizing people who happen to be handicapped or are different in any sort of way. So that kind of, that, that sucks. That's what I would be most apologizing for. Yeah, but they're trolls. Well, in this case, they are actual ogres and trolls, but still, but still. Okay. So, but his whole thing is that he liked to steal uh, pants, specifically pie pans and eat the leftover crusts so it's yeah a lot of these obviously will have to do with um basic needs and food and clothing so uh the next one and they they still they all kind of uh remain on that same level of creepy like not not overly creepy but the right amount of creepy but Um, like drinking sheep milk from the teat and licking pans like yeah that's yeah like well it's pretty weird specifically for the pie the pie crust like okay so or whatever kind of crust whatever would be in the pants okay Uh, so uh we had son number four who came down on the 15th and he was spoon liquor so supposedly he was uh actually incredibly malnutritioned and thin because he only ate the food that was left over on spoons on wooden spoons that was his thing he would just lick the spoons yeah he had a thing for the spoons um and on the 16th we had pot liquor he's son number five uh and as you can guess he also had a fascination with licking and eating leftover food specifically leftover in pot um Again, a lot of these have to do with food. The son number six, who came down on the 17th, he was bull liquor. 
So and, and uh, licking all the pots and pans in the house. So well, I mean, now, now, on one hand, the they're kind of cleaning. They're kind of well. I don't think they're very clean. If I mean, I don't know what their hydrate, <laughs> their hygienic <laughs> habits are. Like, I don't know when the last time they brushed their teeth. I don't know if they have a toothbrush. Right. I don't know what their tooth situation is. Maybe they just very have things. I don't know. Um, but the thing with bowl liquor is supposedly, according to what I found, is that there would be specific plates or bowls that you would that children or adults might use while they're in bed. So he would specifically hide under the bed to steal the uh, askur, askur. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, which I'm sure you've seen this before, but it's basically a wooden bowl or plate um, that would have sort of a hinge to it so that it would have a lid. So Okay. Yeah, like I'm yeah, sure I mean, you I guess may, we don't may use have them, seen but those. I can, yeah, I can imagine it, yeah. That's specifically what he was looking for and what he would... Um, eat from okay so uh some the next night on the 18th son number seven i'm guessing he's probably one of the worst because his whole thing was to slam doors his name was door slammer that was what he did is basically he was waited till the uh, middle of the night and slam your door just slam doors Wake I hate that. Yeah, he's the worst. He's my he's least favorite worst. so far, actually. Yeah. The other I mean, things I can tolerate, but sleeping and then hearing door slams wake yeah, you up, that's no good. Exactly. I'm like, bro, no, go find. I mean, at least you're not being creepy, but you're being a nuisance, and that's even worse. Yeah, um, just like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a fucking asshole. Like, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. So, uh, the, other the one next. Quiet. Yeah, we're just here to eat your crust and your leftovers that you didn't eat. Um, So after that, we had uh, the eighth son, who is a skier gobbler, which I I'm not even sure what skier is. I know it's a type of food. Uh, Is that the yogurt? I think that's like yogurt. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was some sort of like yogurt or ice cream or yeah, yes, yes. Okay, fantastic yogurt. Thank you. Yes. Um, it sounded like a dessert, so he's just basically a glutton for it, and he loves it more than most. Um, he's depicted as being chubbier than the other sons, for obvious reasons. So he was just pretty much obsessed with that and would attempt to steal it and eat it all and never share. So he's not, like, super fun. He's just... He might be a diabetic, I don't know. Um, anyway, moving on. On the 20th... on the 20th we would get son number nine who was sausage swiper and i and he wasn't there to steal your husband he was there to steal the sausages so he was known for hiding in rafters of smokehouses to steal the sausage links or any sort of meat that might be smoking in the house or in the smokehouse i should say there's not a crumb left behind in this town (laughs) people licking the bowls Eating no, it was all about from the, the factory. My gosh. Yeah, and it makes sense though, because you know, you want your kids to be finishing their meals, not wasting food. Like oh, okay. don't be that naughty. Makes sense, I guess. Like you want them, but also it's the winter. And I think I'll I think a lot of this is lost upon like modern day how scary the winter really was for sure, so yeah. many generations of we don't know if we're gonna have enough food for the winter. 
So we don't know if we're going to have enough, uh, you know, warm clothing. We don't know if we're going to have enough firewood. And in Iceland, during this time, they have only four to five hours of daylight. And the rest is night, 20 hours of night every single day um, during the winter, especially in December and January, I believe. Uh, so a lot of these do make sense. Um, after Sausage Wiper, we have, we have Window Peeper. So he is son number 10, um, and he basically likes to peep inside houses to see if there's anything worth stealing. And when I tried to dig up some of the more darker stuff, uh, the modern telling is more like he's looking to see if there's any, like, you know, food to steal or if there's any, um, you know, ungrateful kids or something like that pretty like pretty innocent but in the older tellings it's more so about he's watching to see if any of the kids are being naughty so he can go run off and tell his mother so that she will come down to eat them or to like snatch them up and put um put uh the naughty children in her sack like that's what he's looking to steal versus something that's more food oriented or clothing oriented yeah basically yeah he's a big narc (laughs) <laughs> Which I, I suppose know. is less uh, worrisome than being like if there's a creeper peeping in your windows watching your kids. I'm just glad he's not being gross about it. Yeah, not in 2023. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, all just, these guys would be canceled. Sorry. All so fast, so fast. Um, so after after the peeping t- after window peeper, we have a uh, door sniffer. Door sniffer does exactly what it sounds like, and he sniffs the doors. Um, he is known to have an unu- unusually large nose and a very acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate uh, laffa bread, um, which is or leaf bread, uh, which, as I understand it, is a traditional Icelandic bread, usually eaten during the holiday times, um, specifically the Christmas season. Uh, so he's just looking. He's just looking for that for that leaf bread, and then. We get to the last couple, the twelfth son, who we have as a Meat Hook, and Meat Hook isn't nearly as creepy as his name is. So basically, he would carry around a large meat hook um, to steal meat, just just stealing meat. But the comical side of it is he might stick that hook down a chimney or through a window to steal the meat off your plate. Uh, but somehow, even though it was a long hook, it was always just a little shy of being long enough. So he couldn't, that's, that seemed to be like a little bit of humor I dug up on there. Like he has this meat hook. That's the Looney Tunes aspect of it. Exactly. And I don't know if that's, um, I think that's more of the modernized version. Uh, Mm -hmm. and he came down on the 23rd. On the 24th, that's where we had Candle Stealer. Um, and he was the 13th son, and he would come and steal the candles from children. But again, I'm, I'm, the first time I was going through this, I'm like, okay, so? Um, but these are tallow candles for the times, so those were made from fat. So the candles were, in fact, edible. But so it's when you set in the for 20 hours of nighttime, candles were so important, especially to children. If they're doing chores outside or what or you know, coming home from school just to see where they were going because it's night for almost the full day. And uh, so, yeah, he was known for stealing the candles from absent-minded children or anything like that. Um, 
And it didn't really say if he ate the candles. It was just more so about the fact that he could eat the candles. Um, but yeah, so he would swipe the tallow candles from children. Uh, so, and with the modern tellings of this, children are more excited about the about the Yule Lads because you're supposed to set out one shoe on a windowsill. And if you've been good, you will get a little treat. For each day that the Yule Lads will be coming to visit, you might get a little toy or a piece of candy or something like that. But if you were a bad child, you will get a rotten potato. <laughs> yes. Um, wow. Which, again, this is, that's the more modernized version. So in the 20th century, they sort of did a revamp of all the Yule Lads and made them look more like uh, Santa Clauses. Like, just friendly little, not quite gnomes, but not really scary trolls uh, that were coming down from the mountain to give the good kids, you know, special little treats. And they're like 13 Santa Clauses and always oh, in this great. Uh, more recently, they've had another rebranding where they're more, not so much Santa dressed, uh, but they are more yeah dressed in like peasant clothing but not but not like too poor looking just more uh of an older fashion they look like hipsters yes yes that would be a really great way to put it homeless with Um, effort yeah and they're not really looking to kidnap any kids it's just more so of like hey hey jimmy you kind of suck so we're gonna put this rotten potato in your shoe and maybe you won't see it maybe you'll put that shoe on and you'll have a rotten potato on your foot. But you know what, Jimmy? You deserve that. You deserved it. So, um, but what I thought was really interesting, and I know earlier I had mentioned this, uh, with politics getting involved. So in 1746, the Danish king and or the parliament, I kind of found stories supporting both at, at the time, uh, pretty much declared a ban on telling these stories, telling the darker versions of the Yule Lads, because children were so terrified they would not leave their homes. Oh. They wouldn't go anywhere. So in 1746, they said, cut it the fuck out, um, which is really amazing for a society, because really what they were trying to do is like, hey, so you're like mentally abusing your children with these stories, and it is no longer legal to get them to behave with these terrifying stories. So we need to back this the fuck up. Stop it. Stop it. And they basically said, we're not, you're not allowed to tell these darker versions anymore. Do not tell your kids that. Like, and that's where the, um, and that's where the windowsill with the shoe uh, really seemed to start taking hold versus these guys are going to come down and steal from you. You might get kidnapped um, if you're out in the dark you know, too long or when you shouldn't be, or if you're not eating all of your food or if you're not wearing your warm winter clothing that you just got. Uh, another interesting aspect is that their family pet was the Yule cat. So, but supposedly um, the Yule cat came down on Christmas night. So after dealing with all 13 of these boys, you know, the kids still have to go deal with like the Yule cat. So if you're not wearing, yeah, basically. Well, and that's also when Grilla might come down too. Oh my so, God. And Grilla, like, and I, you know, she's depicted now as being you know, troll-like and ugly sort of uh, witch character. Um, but the older depictions of her, too, was very, very gruesome. Um, so supposedly she had hooves. Uh, she had 15 tails. 
She had abnormally large, long arms. Uh, she had eyes on the back of her head. Multiple heads. I didn't say it. she had uh, eyes on all of them or just one, but she was very monstrous. Uh, because, again, she was supposed to be half troll and half ogre. Uh, and the other tellings of her also went back to say to explain that uh, her husband, uh, Lepaluthi, was actually her third husband. Her first husband was uh, Guster, if I'm saying that right, and Bully. Uh, her first husband, she definitely murdered and then ate him. Her second husband, I only found that it said that she definitely killed him. It's not so much on if he ate if she ate him or not. Uh, so Lepaluthi is her third husband, but he is in fact the father of all the thir- of the thirteen Yule lads. Um, and most of the depictions of her with him uh, are pretty much her berating and beating him. <laughs> but he's supposed to be a lazy husband, so maybe he kind of needed it. I'm not really sure what their power dynamic is, but if they're happy, then great for them. Um, Sounds like one of those I can fix her situations. Or uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, she's very domineering in the way that she's depicted, which, okay, fine. Like, she's supposedly a witch and lives in caves and things like that. And one of the reasons yeah, that she would only come down do. during the winter is because uh, she didn't want her tracks to be seen, whether it was to not lead anyone back to where her cave is or she didn't want to have anyone see the hoof tracks in the snow. But uh, let me see. The other interesting aspect with her is while the Yule lads really weren't brought up until about I believe it said the 18th century and it was, and they were referenced in a poem. Uh, she was the earliest mention of her was in the 13th century um, in manuscript in, uh, in folklore manuscripts was, so she's going back all the way to the 13th century. So she had been around for a very long time before the Yule lads. Uh, and there was even connections between her and some of the Irish folklore, but unfortunately I didn't find too much information on that. Uh, and the other interesting thing with the Yule Lads is while there's 13 of them, initially there's also, well, I shouldn't say initially, there have been stories and tellings that there have been up to 82 Yule Lads, but over time it became a standardized number of 13. So yeah, sorry. It's like we can't remember eighty-two friggin' Yule lads. Let's uh, well, let's they were supposed to be. Yeah, and a lot of it was that they were supposed to be more representative of the of evil winter spirits. So they were coming down from the mountain as the days grew shorter, and as mm-hmm. the the evil darkness took hold of the forest surrounding the farms and things to that nature. I'm sorry, I mm-hmm. couldn't resist that pun. Brunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. I don't have sound effects here. We have to make them on our own. So, and as the days grew shorter and colder, like, the more power that they had. Because, again, uh, 20 hours of night. And I believe it's in Iceland that they eventually have uh, two back-to-back days of complete darkness for 24 hours. So, yeah, I don't blame them for having this sort of folklore. It makes sense. Darkness is scary. It's effing scary. Like... I mean, it's, uh, well, when you, you don't have electricity and like it is sheer darkness outside, and if you don't know, you're going to have food enough food for the winter or enough clothing or what have you. The other interesting fact I did find is that um, the Yule cat, some of the 
motivations of that story was if the children don't have new warm clothing to wear, they're going to be taken by the Yule cat. But supposedly that was more of a story not to scare children as much as it was supposed to motivate people who were spooling wool or uh, trying to get cotton ready in order to make it into clothing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a little, I'm like, you're just, so it's like motivation for a sweatshop. Okay. Different, it's a different approach, but all right. Sounds like more pressure on gender roles and women be like, woman, if you're not spooling all the way to winter and the kids don't have good socks, the Yule cat's going to take them away. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I do think there is certainly a point to it with the fact that they stuck with 13 Yule lads as 13 is the number is the number for women um, as there's 13 oh. moons in a year. So and women, we do have what? it goes. Well, you guys have a number. Yeah, 13. That's why well, 13 is like number? depicted as um, I don't know. It's probably lacking. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah, so because women have 13 periods in a year, there's 13 moons in a really? year. Yeah. It will cuz <laughs> You get an you get an extra one for Christmas or what? Well, you know the how there's Yeah. Well, you go on um the lunar cycle, which the Gregorian calendar is not based on the lunar cycle, but the lunar cycle and calendar is actually more accurate than the Gregorian calendar, uh, which is how like the Chinese New Year in February, that actually is the actual new year if you're going on the lunar calendar. The point is, is that when we have a blue moon, so blue moon, when there's two full moons in one month. Oh, you get two? Usually. Well, I mean, it doesn't always have to go that way because, you know, it's never perfect. I learned so much about women. I can't be the only one that's commenting on this, really. Come on. (laughs) I learned so much about women on the show. Whoa. So I only had periods very briefly because, like, I became a pregnant teenager, and then, uh, and then I just had back-to-back IUDs since then. So I've really, Hell yeah. I I don't know, and I date women, but I guess I don't pay enough attention. That's on me. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to push that on you. Dude, no, so okay. wait, so you get so sorry. I don't want to keep talking about it, but like, so on when there's like, didn't we just have a blue moon over fall? Yeah, not too long ago. But okay, Do you I get understand that periods? it's not. No, it's more like, it just, it's annoying more than anything. So, because everyone's cycle's different. Everyone's cycle can be, I mean, it depends on how many days that your actual period is. And it also has, like, because some people do take um, birth control, which can affect it. Uh, right. Whether it makes it more consistent or makes it, like, less consistent. Um, so... And also, like, the length of your period. Like, some people might have seven days. Some people might have two days. It all depends. But nothing annoys me more when I see that, like, my period, the last day of it, it's going to be, like, on the 30th or the 31st. And then the start of my next period is, like, the 27th of the, like, of the month. Or, like, it ends up ending on, like, the first or the second. And then at the end of the month, I'm getting another one. So it's technically two periods in the same month. And I'm like, this is just bullshit. Like, you just need to stay in different, even though it has been, like, the allotted, like, 28 or 29, whatever it is. Most women, it's about 28 days. It can be less or more than that, so. Well, so that's what that movie was about, 28 days later, my second period. Here it comes. Well, 
Uh, I, I'm gonna, sorry, I'm gonna tell my story. There's a perfect jumping off point for my story, guys. All right, this is about the Mari Luid. Have you guys heard of the Mari Luid before? Mm-mm. Okay, I feel like it's gained some popularity since the last few years because it had a little appearance in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So the Mari Luid is a tradition in Wales and also the UK where a group of performers go around and flight, or as it's more colloquially known, rap battle into strangers' homes. Now, one person is the Mari Luid, which is a costume made of a horse's head or sometimes a cow's head. They take the skin off. It's like, you know, the skull. And they drape a sheet uh, over the top to cover the person that's holding it. And it's covered in ribbons. And then sometimes they put glass or other pieces uh, placed in the eyes. Now, you don't have to use a real horse's skull. But if you do, it's pretty metal and it looks cool. Um, Some people even string through the skull and make the horse's mouth uh, to be able to move, which is dope because puppets are also, like, really scary. So anyway, this group goes around with this this macabre hobby horse and they knock on doorsteps. And once you open the door for the Mari Luid, you have to win a flight, which is rhyming couplets uh, against it. Otherwise, if the Mari Luid wins, they get to come into your house and eat as many snacks and drink all the beer that you have in your house. Now that sounds like a drunk Bojack horseman, honestly. Could be where they took the idea from. So, uh, yeah, so generally the rhymes between the Mari Luid are reasoning why they should come in and eat all your food, and your retorts uh, are as to why they should not do that. Um, and like I said, something that I felt like gained some popularity because of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where there's a side quest where you do that. So, uh, guys, if you will open up uh, the emails that I sent you. We're going to do a few examples of what some of these uh, flights sound like. Now, to be transparent, these are taken from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I did not write any (laughs) of these, uh, but I thought it was a a good little demonstration of what they sound like. So, uh, Maggie, let me know when you have your uh, email open. Oh, I'm ready, man. You are are ready to to flight with me? All right. Here we go. All right. Would you battle a dragon? Then challenge me not. Oh, you're barely an insect, a fly that I'll swat. I'm possessed of a strength that would scare off a bear. You're possessed of a baldness that scared off your hair. I've the heart of a lion, the loins of a horse. You've the brain of a donkey to challenge a Norse. That's a pretty good one. All right, so I got smoked. All right, round two, Angelica. Your face is a wreck. You're a blight on the Norse. Your face brings to mind the ass end of a horse. You're a pig-headed, ugly excuse for a Dane. Now the look upon you leaves my eyes in great pain. I'm a champion, a winner. I'll claim the top prize. You've drunk far too much ale. Now you're telling just lies. Oh, no. Smoked again. Two out of three. (laughs) Redemption. Last round. Can Lauren... Can I beat Lauren? Here we go. See, your weapon lies not in your belt, but your head. With words, I'll ensnare you and put you to bed. On your every word, I can say that I'm hung. I'm as good with my lips as I am with my tongue. (laughs) But instead of just telling, I'll happily show. While I doubt you can take me, I'll give you a go. Uh, 
to be fair, I picked these months ago, and I just like I didn't realize how sexual that one was. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to make you read that, Lauren. <laughs> but so that's an example of what you would uh, be rap battling with the Mari Lewid. But they'd be like, "Yo, bitch, give me your beer, or I'm gonna smoke your house, or something." I don't know. So. There is a lot of conjecture as to where the Mari Lewid true origins began, but suffice to say, uh, it was recorded in writings as early as the 1800s, and it's related to the wassailing folk culture found in South Wales. You know the song, Here We Come, a wassailing, a wassailing. That's what it is, basically. Now, there's there's several types. There's house visiting wassailing, which is door-to-door singing and offering drink in exchange for gifts. Uh, orchard visiting, uh, where they recite incantations and they're singing to trees for a good harvest. And then uh, wassailing is also usually done around Christmas or New Year's as a tradition, or midwinter, all souls night. Um, further examining the elements present in the Mari Lewid, uh, the group of the Mari Lewid consists of the Mari Lewid, the horse thing, uh, a handler who is dressed nice and handles the Mari Lewid when they rampage, and sometimes a musician. Other stock characters in this ensemble would include clowns and jesters, kind of like Punch and Judy, like early proto-jester clown people, right? So Mari could refer to Holy Mary, or it could mean gray mare, and Lewid means gray in Welsh. So that's where the name comes from. Now, some believe that the origins could be Christian, as the Mari represents the ass or donkey that Mary fled on into Egypt. Um, other people believe they could have pre-Christian origins, such as the depiction of a white-shrouded death horse uh, that's seen in certain Sawain rituals, but there is a lack of evidence that support these conjectures, so they don't hold too much water. Um, the horse represents a hobby horse, which is a costume used in many cultures for festivals, including Carnival, which is before Lent, and uh, there was a popularity amongst hobby horses at that time, the time being the 1800s. Um, it could also refer to the English Mary Lude, meaning Mary Game. Uh, and this was mostly an extension of caroling, uh, or what we see as caroling in modern times. Hobby horses are a much bigger thing in Europe. Uh, Spain, Italy, south of France, they're, like I said, they're all used around the carnival time, which, if you don't know what carnival is, I mean, I don't, I didn't give a detailed uh, account of it here, but it's like Fat Tuesday. Everyone's eating and drinking and reveling before a long time of holy observation, you know, which is Lent, where people usually give something up for a month. Now, here's a cool story. In Northern Europe, there is a midsummer springtime festival called Munns in Belgium, where they hunt the Munns dragon, and someone is dressed as St. George on a hobby horse, and they hunt down the dragon that they shoot with a gun. That sounds pretty wild, right? I don't know who gets to play the dragon, but anyway, um, I would like to see that, but there's not a lot of videos of it. So anyway, that's my Mari Lewid. Who wants to do a Mari Lewid group next Christmas? This sounds I mean, amazing. Yeah. And just I, go I, to I like, have to work on my rap skills. <laughs> just go just bar hop and be like, hey, Mari Lewid's here. Give us free beer or we're going to wreck the place. <laughs> <laughs> the night we committed several felonies. <laughs> <laughs> the night we committed war crimes and went to jail. All right, guys. So that's all the stories that I have right now. But I've prepared a few 
party games that I thought would be fun for us to play. Uh, so we have a family-friendly version of Fuck, Mary Kill, uh, which we're going to call Friendzone, Mary Kill, Cryptid Edition, because Angelica, I didn't want you to have to talk about anything awkward with your mom also on the uh, station here. So uh, <laughs> friend, Friendzone, Mary Kill, Cryptid Edition. All right. Uh, Maggie, you're going to start us off on all of these. Friendzone, Mary Kill. Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, and Mothman. Oh my god. Okay, so Bigfoot. Um, shoot. Well, I would kill... So, oh wait, okay, so I would kill um, the Loch Ness Monster. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> you know... He was the one know. you're meant to ride, though. Come on. <laughs> ride into the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I don't know. I just had to. It's a very difficult choice here. But uh, then Mothman, I'd probably marry because I feel like the prophecy element is going to be very useful. You know what I mean? Okay. And then I'd friend zone Bigfoot. I feel like that's a powerful like ally for the apocalypse and all. Okay. And you would use your your his sexual frustration against him. Very cool, Maggie. Very cool. <laughs> I uh, Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> Angelica, friend zone, Mary kill, Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, Mothman. Um, I'd probably marry the Loch Ness monster because that's like wow. Okay, very interesting. That's because like, you get to go it, on aquatic adventures all the time. True, and it's like it's it's like a it can protect me kind of thing. Sure, and sure. I'd probably friend zone the Mothman. <laughs> Like, I don't want him to die, you know, but yeah, I, just, sure. I don't, you know, I, I'll keep him around a spare and <laughs> wow, they're cryptid. Wow. <laughs> and and, then, and the, but that means Bigfoot you would kill. Yeah. And like, I would, I would hope he just dies. Like, I can't kill him myself, dude. He's going to sure. push my head. But, sure. Well, we're going to we're going to assume they're all in a saw machine and you have to, you know, press the button on who who dies. Easy. All right. All right. Well, all right. Very interesting answers. Lauren, friend zone, Mary kill Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Mothman. Okay, so I'm going to friend zone the Loch Ness Monster because I just feel like. I I mean, I wouldn't want to. I feel like the way that procreation works just biologically not good for like a marriage so i you know he might be laying eggs i don't know what that situation is i'd rather just you know come well, visit. We... i'd rather come visit him be like hey what's up nessie like how you doing you know tell me about life in your aquatic world whatever maybe maybe i do get to go on a really cool uh water adventure i don't know i don't know what's yeah. gonna happen but I'm with Maggie, and I'm going to marry the Mothman, because okay. I just feel like he's real consistent, and that's what you yeah. need in a partner. So, yeah. and if I need to get his attention, I can just get a big light. It's fine. It'll be great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, but I but am going to kill Bigfoot, but here's the thing, is uh, this might be a little fucked up. Okay, but I'm going to kill him for the glory, because everyone's like, I found Bigfoot, I saw Bigfoot, I'm be like, I killed Bigfoot. Wow, okay. I got him. And I might have to mount his head above like my marriage bed with Mothman just so he knows that he's really dead. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Mothman's the possessive type, 
So I'm really I'm really sorry I, I asked these questions now. This is way more than I wanted to know about any of the No, I think you should just be sorry had. that you gave me time to think about it with the other two questions. Yeah, this is no, this is uh, this is the the worst and perfect group to ask these questions. Well, I, I'm for me, uh, I'm gonna say uh, kill Mothman because I feel like Mothman's kind of evil. I think he uh, I think he causes all these maladies. So I'm gonna do the world a favor. I'm gonna I'm kill Mothman. I'm gonna kill Mothman. We're gonna friend zone Loch Ness monster because yeah, there's there's a lot of weird logistics, but I would like to go on aquatic adventures from time to time. But I don't know if I want to live underwater. And I'm gonna marry Bigfoot because I know I'm a big guy, but I like being Little Spoon. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I like being Little Spoon. Uh, all right, uh, next round here. Fuck Mary, kill. Oh, sorry, friend zone Mary, kill Maggie. A mermaid, a vampire. A werewolf. Oh, oh, I'm gonna marry a vampire because, of course. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. You gotta revoke your um, goth card if you said anything different. Exactly. Um, I would probably friend zone a mermaid because, yeah, I. You guys kind of sold me on having a buddy for aquatic adventures, and uh, that yeah. would be fun. So then I guess I'd kill the werewolf. And honestly, because it's just, they, all the uh, media representation makes it seem like they kind of lose their mind when they're in their wolf side. So I don't want to risk that. I just think that's not safe. Yeah, I hear that. All right, Angelica, mermaid, vampire, werewolf, friend zone, Mary kill. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry the mermaid because aren't those things rich? And they have like... <laughs> <laughs> they live in like Atlantis and stuff, and yeah, I'm, I, I, it seems like more of them are wealthy than they're poor. You don't really hear stories about poor mermaids. That's that's exactly true. like I, I, I want to go in there, you know, and I'll emerge with the pearls and all that. I'll be rich. <laughs> all right, and, that's pretty easy. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably friend zone the werewolf because I'd have an ally for. Like if someone's someone's trying to rob my jewelry I got, I can be like, yo man, it's gonna be a full moon tonight. Here's their Addy. And <laughs> the end, you know? And then I don't need the vampire in my life. So Oh. Damn, vampire gets sexed. <laughs> alright, alright. Lauren, friends own Mary Kill, mermaid, vampire, werewolf. Um so I'm definitely gonna kill the mermaid. Just wow! I just oh. I, I don't have time for that. Like your hair's a mess. You've been in water for forever. I've heard way too many stories about like you know the sirens and drowning people, and I I got stuff to do. So I don't really feel like like Nessie. Nessie's got my aquatic adventures back. Okay, but like the mermaid, I just feel like I feel like also she'd be like real jealous, or they'd just be like the real jealous type. And like I'm all for like people being like possessive in a healthy way, but I feel like she'll just like start murdering people and drowning them. And I'm not, I'm not about that. Um, so I'd, uh, marry the werewolf and I'd <gasps> friend zone the vampire, but hear me out, hear me out. Cause like werewolves don't live forever. Right. So like, I'm just going to marry him for now. And then eventually when I need my, to have like immortality, I'll get with my vampire friend that I have friend zoned for like, you know, the last decade or so, but maybe they turned me so I could like keep my youthful looks. I don't know. We'll find all, out. All very, Plus, I'm, like, 
Go ahead. I don't know. I just think it would be like really fun to go on a date with a werewolf and just be like, we're going to have the moon. Be like, dope. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. I love the where I love the werewolf love. I appreciate that being a very hairy person myself. Uh, I I'm so fascinated with all your guys' answers. They come at every different angle. Uh, myself, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm attracted to mermaids. I've never not been attracted to mermaids. I don't know what's going on in the bottom half. I'll figure it out, but I would probably marry the mermaid. Um, I would friend zone the werewolf. Cause I still think werewolves are really cool. I just, I don't know if I can marry one because there's already enough hair, but between the two of us, it would be terrible. We'd be <laughs> oh, just you can marry Bigfoot. Where is the logic? Half. Uh-oh. Well, I don't think they shed. I don't think they shed as much. But like that, we would just be. All of our money would be going into Drano for the showers <laughs> and stuff. So, and I'm sorry, I would kill a vampire because I think vampires are kind of lame. That's just me. Um, unless it was Spike. Spike was cool. Um, he was cool. Uh, all right. What if it was Spike then, Tyler? What if it was specifically Spike? But it was, I, I, I'd be crying. It'd be like that meme of Wes, Wesley Snipes crying, you know, like with the race war when I have to kill Tony Hawk, and like he's like oh, crying. Oh, yeah. uh, that'd be me with the with Spike, like oh, when it's the human vampire war and I have to kill Spike. Um. <laughs> anyway, those are fantastic answers, guys. Thank you so much. That was really awesome. I have a different game now, one that's a little bit more subjective, and it's uh, Existential Dread, Would You Rather? All right? Maggie, you're going to be first up. Would you rather be trapped or lost? Oh. Okay. So there's so much that would depend on context, but I think I would rather be... I would rather be lost because I hate being immobilized. That's something I always kind of fear. So yeah, I'd rather get lost because that means I'm I'm moving around. All right, I I I agree with that. Angelica, would you rather be trapped or lost? I I would rather be lost because like maybe I'll find my way. But sure. like if I'm trapped, that sucks. All right, that Lauren, trapped or lost? Okay, are we talking? Uh, maybe I don't I'm just talking in gener- generalities. I, generalities. Well, I know, but I'm just like, what do you but, feel like you would, thing, you would cope like, with better? I would, okay, if we're talking about, uh, you know, the physical world, I would rather be lost. But if you're talking about like mentally lost, I'm like, I don't want to be lost in my head. That sounds awful, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but if we're talking about like the physical realm, then yes, I would rather, I agree with. Uh, Angelica and Maggie, of, I'd rather be lost than trapped. But yeah, um, for sake of argument, we're let's say we're talking about physical world because I I am gonna agree with all of you. I think I would much rather be lost uh, in the hopes that I could find out where I'm at, or I feel like I have the the skills to help find where I'm at. Versus being like trapped is like and and the claustrophobia of it or the immobility of it is the worst fright to me, and I'm way more scared of that than any monster. All right. And I'm not even taking that in like a context of being like in a claustrophobic situation as Uh more so of like you're trapped on like maybe someplace that you don't even know that you're trapped. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be a basement. It could be an island. It could be, you know, it could be your life. Yeah, well, Ugh, we all have to deal with that one, unfortunately. All right. <laughs> uh, number number two, Maggie, would you rather 
be lost at sea or lost in a forest? Oh, I'd rather be lost in the forest because I do do a lot of uh, foraging and I kind of wander way off the beaten path and I've kind of found my way so far. So I think I have some basic skills already for that. Uh, the sea, I I don't know. Am I even in a vessel? I can't swim that long. I And I definitely know nothing about operating a seafaring vessel. So better you just know be what mushrooms what to eat at the very least. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I would find at least a little bit of food. Uh, Angelica, would you rather be lost at sea or lost in a forest? I'd rather be lost in the forest because I've watched like Survivor and Alone enough to, you know, I think that I can I can build myself a little a little hut out there to protect myself. And I got enough fat on me to store myself for the winter months for years to come. So well, I'll be win- fine. That's what winter's all about. Exactly. All right, Lauren, would you rather be lost at sea or lost in a forest? Um, I'm definitely for the forest, but here's the thing. I I would much rather be lost in a forest because it's not as much of a death trap as the sea is. Because from what I understand, the sea is like full of crazy bacteria. So like people, there's been stories of people who, you know, were on shipwrecks and stuff and people have come like, to get the pe like, oh, we're saving you or whatever, and reaching out to grab them, and their skin just like falls off because they've been Whoa. in the seawater for so long, and like, and all that bacteria that's in the water just like eats, like, like you just become like a sort of like a gelatin mush, like, and it wasn't even like they pulled oh, them God. that hard; it was like they just like touched them, and they just like, oh, this is your bony fucking arm. So all I'm right. gonna go with you, forest. You're... I don't want to be in the sea for any elongated period of time. <laughs> I am. I don't even like salt water. This is why Lake Michigan is the fucking best thing ever. Okay. Dude, new new fear unlocked. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like I have so much. I just don't. I don't. People who are like, oh, I love the ocean. I'm like, fuck you. Like just, <laughs> I do not. I do not trust your judgment on anything now because seawater is awful. Like, and I, I really do think I've been spoiled by the freshwater Lake Michigan. But that's not the point. That's pretty wild. Well, I'm I'm gonna agree with all you guys too. I I think I'd much rather be lost in a forest versus lost at sea because I think we do have a little bit more survival skills that we could use in a forest versus being either lost out in the open sea or uh you know on a raft somewhere or uh, somewhere where we're surrounded by water. All right, here's a good one, Maggie. Would you rather go to space or go deep underwater? Oh, man. Well, I immediately think of, like, famous disasters of both. So, like, um, geez. Well, I think I'd love to go up and see space. I would really like that. If if my safety was really certain or as certain as possible, I would definitely love to see space. Okay. Angelica, go to space or go deep underwater? Um... I probably go to space because you know that like people like Elon Musk and stuff, they they have like their stuff set up there. I think it I think it's pretty safe as long as I'm up there for like a couple hours. I don't know forever, but you know maybe maybe I can last. I don't think underwater because that like Titanic submarine thing totally got me fucked up. I don't want to implode <laughs> down there. Do you have to go through um, depressurizing from space? I don't know. I gotta look into I, this. 
don't know either. I guess maybe I mean, not because like I feel like I've never heard that and never like seen that like played out in the movie and that has to I'm guessing do something with water pressure so well yeah because there's no in space there's no um gravity so there's no atmosphere and there's no atmosphere so like mm-hmm. there's no pressure to be it's a vacuum space is a vacuum I've heard so, that before Lauren so but, would you rather go to space or go deep underwater I'm First of all, Tyler, as one of my very close friends, I'm a little disappointed that I feel like you don't understand or know how many books know, on Star Trek I, I have. I know. <laughs> so, I know the answer. Okay. <laughs> but I would I would much rather go to space. But you were talking about, like, the pressure, and you're right. Like, the hmm. cubic I, – I believe it's, like, the cubic feet of pressure is, like, ridiculous, and we can't even explore, like, the bottom of the ocean because we would just be, you know, basically steamrolled. But, um, yeah, in space, that's really not an issue. But I would much rather go to space. Uh, I wouldn't, because I am such a Trekkie, I would be really excited about it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but only if we actually had like warp speed and stuff like that. Um, I, I wouldn't want to go like right now because like, as Angelica said, like Elon Musk, I don't want to be stuck on a rocket with Elon Musk. He's, he, I would just get so, I would. Uh, are there laws in space? Is murder a thing? Because that I might happen, but I don't want to be like, held accountable like later. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like when you get to like international waters? How there's like technically no law? Like, do we have that in space? Because like, uh, I then know. I That's could go with question. Elon Musk as long as I'm not gonna get, you know, arrested for bashing his face in when he said something really misogynistic or just continued to be himself so he's he's really the dumbest and anyone that thinks he's smart should listen to any video of him talking and you'll just get an idea um i would rather go deep underwater because (gasps) i want to see all the fishies uh and i think it'd be really cool um space kind of not a whole lot to see and uh i think you have to like pee in bags so that's not for me um maggie would you rather be abducted by an alien or get lost in the fairy realm. Oh no, because this is like obviously I also love Star Trek and I'm I'm obsessed with Spock and like so this is one thing. But then on the other hand, like I love like gnomes and stuff and like I feel like in the fairy realm I couldn't possibly encounter them. Shoot. You know what though? I think I'll go with alien. I that's okay. just so amazing. On the up chance they are sexy Spock aliens. You're gonna go with yes. aliens. All right. All right. Angelica, aliens or fairies? Who you hanging out with? Uh, well, I mean, I'm all, I've always been like an alien, like mega fan. I know there's, okay, this is going to like probably stir something up between you guys, but I think there's aliens on Earth. Like, sure. I think, like, like the, <laughs> not the sure. I think there's like the like tall, whites that's what the like canadian people the call them <laughs> it's crazy if you look into it like government officials say there's aliens and whatever so yeah i want to hang out with an alien like i i feel like fairies are cool like if they grant wishes i'll choose them but if they're just like flying little like bugs like i don't like that i want i want they got aliens. all that fairy gold though angelica we know you're you're money driven so <laughs> we got all that gold, all that fairy Do they gold. have their little like wands and stuff. And like, if I ask for something, it's like, probably, oh, yo, then hold on now. I got to go with the fairy. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren abducted by aliens who may or may not be sexy Spock aliens or get lost in the fairy realm. Well, okay. Just 
let's be real here. If we're if we're specifically talking about like Vulcans, Vulcans only have sex every seven years. So like, I don't. I'm not trying to, you know, be waiting for Spock to take me to bed for seven fucking years. I'm just not. Like, I'm not. <laughs> that's too much for me. Okay, but um, I'm gonna go with fairies because here's the thing: is I have read way too much um fantasy fairy smut, but also there's so much lore on fairies and how they've kidnapped humans to keep them as pets. And I just really want to creep one out. Like, cause you know that I've seen so many postings on this too, about fairies being like, well, my human can do this and my human can do that. And like, it's calculus or, you know, something really cool with like, I don't know, drawing maps or something. And then like my human can make everyone feel really awkward in like two seconds. How do you do that? (laughs) I want to lick your pointy ear, daddy. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. No. Well, um, I just think that'd be so much fun to make everyone feel awkward. And it's like, but they're, but they would all be like 800 years old. It's like, yeah, you waited 800 years to not to be completely speechless in two seconds. You're welcome. I've blown everyone's minds. Well, uh, but, yeah. Flash forward, Lauren becomes the first human to get kicked out of the fairy realm. You're <laughs> like, uh, no, take, I would not be kicked back. out. <laughs> Take her back. I would not be kicked out. No. <laughs> no. How well, dare you? I think you I would, guys... I would have to be made a high lady, okay? How dare you? I, I think you guys know me well enough. I, you know, I played Mass Effect. I, I like weird alien folks, but uh, I'd probably want to get lost in the fairy realm uh, because they got some good food and drink and they kind of dance all day and they, they hang out and that, that sounds like the life for me. Alright, I got one last one here. This is another the good one. Maggie, would you rather be stuck in a haunted house or chased by a killer? Oh, a hundred times I'd rather be stuck in a haunted house. And Really? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Because I don't trust my own physical prowess and like one of my like recurring like intrusive, like obsessive worries is like, oh, I'm going to be like, what if I get murdered or hurt or whatever, you know? So like that to me sounds really scary and like very much out of my control. I know that most would say the same about the supernatural or being haunted, but to me, it would it would be far outweighed by the fact that be like there is more to life. You know what I mean? Like that alone would give me enough hope, no matter what the ghosts do to me. I'd be like, man, like it was all real all along. Like death isn't the end of it. Obviously, there's like crazy shit going on out there. So like it would almost make it less terrifying if the ghosts kill me, which I don't think they would. All right, all right, Angelica, stuck in a haunted house or chased by a killer. Um, what's what's the killer equipped with? Is my question. Well, let's say a a, a generic hand weapon, an axe, like, a knife. Like, okay. No guns. Oh, no Maybe guns. Maybe a okay. chainsaw. Then I got this, man. Like I, I feel like I could take him down. It, like as long as it's not a gun. Like if it's like specific guns too. Like certain guns, I feel like I could survive. Maybe. <laughs> But like a high point carbine, no, uh, uh, you know, too much. But yeah, no. If it, if he just has like a knife or something, generic stabby weapon. Yeah, I'll come on in there. I'll see him walking down the street. You know, he can he can try to be Michael Myers, Jason, whatever. You know, I'll be like, heck nah, I'm Jason's brother, Mason. I'm gonna come in. He's <laughs> he he's gonna be running from me. <laughs> I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. All right, Lauren, stuck in a haunted house or chased by a killer? 
So like a part of me wanted to say chased by a killer just because I mean, oh, it'd be so nice to feel wanted. <laughs> but I, I think I would go with trapped in a haunted house because I just I think I like some of my some of my very close friends um, when I think back onto like the origin stories of those. Uh, I didn't realize at the time, but I wore those fuckers down. And I feel like I would do that to the ghosts. Like, you might not like me right now, but you will. Like, and I'll switch it around on them. I will Stockholm Syndrome them. Wow, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna haunt the ghosts. That's a like that's... you guys want like because obviously they didn't have a good like you know mortal life or some shit happened, and maybe they just need a friend. I don't know. And also, I've I've heard a lot about um being able to uh, like homes are responsive to you know your own energy, etc. So maybe maybe I can take the power back on the homes. Like when was the last time they washed your walls, huh? Like when was the last time they made sure that like this like nice smelling candle was going or something like that, you know, just make them switch sides. All Take right. back the power. I, I, I definitely like that strategy. I love it. Uh, I personally, I'm, I'm with you, Angelica. I think I'd rather be chased by a killer. Cause I feel like I've seen enough to where I feel like I could outsmart them pretty easy. Um, or, you know, I would just do what most people don't do and just shoot them. Um, but you know, you got your Michael Myers that are kind of undead and like the shooting really doesn't help. So you kind of have to them up in a building somehow. But, uh, I think I would be super scared in a haunted house, like a legit haunted house. And, uh, although I feel like I've seen enough haunted house movies to figure out like how to stop on, I think I would probably have a heart attack, um, before that. So that's why I'm choosing that. And Maggie, like you said, I have chase dreams all the time and it's really weird where like I'm running from something and i don't necessarily know what it is but like i'm running away and that's when yes. you the you know the, the like how good of shape would you be in two like maybe yeah. i could switch my answer i just feel like the cardio itself well i'm gonna say like yeah. you can get in a car you know but uh I'm, I'm also i'm also including that i wouldn't be unencumbered by all the tropes of uh serial killer movies like like he cut the battery like you know the car won't start or there's logs everywhere for you to trip on and you know things like that so <laughs> we don't, we don't <laughs> we don't know how devious the killer is they they could be they could have like staked out your house and you know really made sure they uh did their uh, homework on it but um uh, guys those i i loved all your answers that was really awesome to get a, a little insight into how your mind works and all these bizarre situations i'm promising i'm not using it for something in the future um now <laughs> uh in in closing, I want you guys to tell me either uh, your favorite holiday drink, tradition, favorite holiday movie, something you like about this time of year, and then maybe your hopes for 2024. Maggie, start us off. Okay, so my favorite little thing about the holidays is in Polish culture, on Christmas Eve, we exchange something called an opłatek, and it's this little super thin like communion waferish little cracker thing. And it's very bland and plain, but something about how it tastes, it, it just completely slaps. And the tradition is, like, you go around the table, everyone has one square of it, and you you break off a piece of theirs, they you they break off a piece of yours in exchange, and then you make, the, make a wish for them for the next year. Um, which, actually, that, that idea really segues to your other question. What is my, like, wish or whatever for next year? I mean, for me, it's just to continue to grow as a person. like. 
I want to continue to better myself and to see myself become more successful and kind of triumph over my uh, my setbacks that I've had in the past. That's a very great answer. All right, Angelica, favorite holiday stuff and your hopes for next year? Um, Mine's also a Polish tradition, but it's a different one. It's where you have to eat 12 different like food items on the table uh, like for you to be able to open your presents and I always I always sneak my way around it I'm like oh I had a piece of bread oh I had some juice you know oh the apuatic that my mom said that counts <laughs> so I don't know I really like that and it also motivates like little kids when you're younger to like have them try new stuff yeah, and totally. I guess my wish for next year is that, number one, that you guys all have a good year, and number two, that I can find a job. <laughs> Easier said than done sometimes. I know, it's tough. Uh, Lauren, holiday traditions and hopes for next year? Um. Well, I guess my favorite thing with the holidays, it's not exactly a tradition, but it's uh, its my grandmother's Christmas cookies. So uh, I just look forward to it like all year long because this is the only time that I get to have the those specific Christmas cookies. So and she would make um, not just cook, like her Greek cookies, but also um, German cookies. And yeah, like I will hoard those suckers for as long as I can. Like there was almost a fight on Christmas Eve because I saw my brother was getting more Pfefferschnuffs than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they had, and I had to have uh, multiple relatives explain to me that the bag my brother had was for not just him, but also my parents. And I'm like, that's irrelevant. Like, why does he have more? <laughs> so, um, but they're really just that good. Uh, but it's not just because, oh, these cookies taste good. It's because, like, people I love are making this food. And that's really important to me because I know that that won't always be the case. My mother even offers, she's like, she can get the recipe. I'm like, I've had the recipe for years. That's not the point. Like, the point is, is when somebody you love makes the food, like, it's just even better. So, um, which I think we all can, like, agree with that sentiment. Like, a meal that your mom cooks is 10 times better better than like a meal that you might cook yourself. Like it just is. So anyway, uh, my wish for next year would probably be that the world would settle the fuck down just for like 10 minutes and like, let everybody have a break. I know that that's <laughs> go, not going to happen. Go one week without some new disaster happening. Yeah. That'd be cool. Seriously. Like we don't like, it is a very dysentopic, uh canon events just all the time i swear um but i just i just want everyone to be able to sort of have that moment where they can put it on their head straight and just breathe and just be conscious with themselves and everybody around them like because it's so much and even just like i mean uh, like angelica was saying earlier last this past year like the government even announced like admitted to like there being aliens and no one cared because of everything that was happening no yeah, one even already... paid attention we were just like <laughs> yeah like we kind of had a feeling yeah, you were whatever. trying to hide something from us but now we're just feeling like you're using distracting tactics to like distract us from this other shit that's happening and that's... i mean they were but so i just want 
I just want everyone to be able to really have the time and the peace in order to take that awareness in of themselves for themselves so that as a society, as a community, as a world, we can all just move forward and grow together. So hopefully we can maybe not have so many insane things happening all the time that should not be happening. So that's a big ask though. True that. That's a big ask. True that. Really nice Uh, though. Maggie, uh, I had the same answer as you. I, I love the Wapatek, and I think that's really cute tradition that we keep. You know, you go around and you give wishes for everyone individually. Uh, we dip the little, I don't know if you guys dip it in honey, but we do that too, just yeah. so it tastes like something. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love that. So I guess for a different answer, like I would say one of my favorite Christmas movies that I've, been watched, I've watched several times is Muppet Christmas Carol. I think there's not enough movies with uh, Muppets in them. And I think this has had a good resurgence as people realize what a friggin' gem it is. Uh, and my hopes for 2024, you guys got all sorts of high aspirations for 2024. I just want them to remake Dead Space 2. Uh, and I'll be happy with that. All right. So anyway, guys, thank you so, so much for coming here tonight, sharing your stories and sharing yourselves. And uh, I love you all. Merry belated Christmas. Happy early New Year. I'll see you guys all soon. But uh, for Are You Afraid of These in 2023, that's good night. And we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.